Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, a Suzuki Vitara special edition. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. And this time we are going to be talking about the Vitara S 1.4 Booster Jet Auto. It's not a long a na- as long a name as some others you've tested recently. Have had. No, it's not. Dis- disappointingly short. We'll have to have a word for Suzuki and say they need to up their game. Well, <laughs> it is so short, in fact, that I can't find one of that specification on their public-facing website, although it is definitely what you drove. Yes, it is definitely what I drove. So this is Suzuki's answer to the myriad of more traditional-shaped SUVs in the UK, but it is a five-seat SUV. It's it's quite a smallish SUV, really. It's smaller than it used to be, isn't it? Yeah. It got bigger and then littler again. I'm not including the XL7. There was a Grand Vitara, but they've ditched that, and there's now just the Vitara. So the Grand Vitara used to be like a RAV4 Honda CRV size. This is more the Duke. and It's, a, it's kind of bigger than a Duke, but yeah. smaller than a RAV. That's right, yeah. This was one of the original... SUVs that Britain really adopted and loved, if we remember back in the late 80s, mm. the uh, the hairdresser. And... Well, it, would you say that, you see? Because that's what happened down in Englandshire and around you in the sort of northeast of England. And now, let's not and... forget, I had a white three-door one of these. Oh, and okay. It, it was one of, this was I had one of my favourite vehicles of all time. It was so ridiculous. It was so... It was so indestructible as well, apart from a bit of rust, which in the end killed it. Yeah. It just kept going through a lot of abuse. Mm-hmm. Well, the big difference, of course, between those Vitara, not just those Vitara, and um, and this Vitara that you were driving, is that is that those ones are, are body on frame, mm. whereas this one's a monocoque nowadays, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but so you know, there's a that's those were significantly more agricultural in their in- underpinnings, despite the fact that, you, despite you know the uh, what they call Bigfoot body kits and all yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and unfairly, by the way, unfairly associated with Barbie and hairdressers and stuff when they're fantastically capable vehicles. Well, I think it was because they were ex- um, accessible for normal people to drive on the road, which is why it. it Got that? You mean you mean unlike a? You mean they were they were reasonable to drive on a road? It's not yeah. just an agricultural vehicle that you would see, like a sheep's bottom hanging out the back of, or a bale of hay, or something like that. You know, it was. <laughs> I don't know in Wales, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, they had a lot of Land Rovers for some reason. I don't know why. Oh, nice. uh, but uh, yeah, so this one moving well away from the late eighties. <laughs> Let's just shift, would we? Let's change the topic. <laughs> This one was 24,599 on the road and it had a color tax of 500 pounds which means it came in at 25,099 pounds. However, you can increase your color tax thanks to my colleague pointing this out to me before. If you would like to go for two tone as in a black roof, you can pay black roof and other colors pound. For the colour tax. I don't know why you do that. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of that. I don't like it. I, As a look, I don't like I it. It doesn't really matter what car I think it's it on. was necessary. No. I thought no. that... The, well, we'll get on to that anyway. So this was a 1,373cc petrol engine. So it's a 1.4 then. Yes. Good. Which produced uh, 140 metric horses and 162 torques. And that's turbocharged, isn't it? Well, yes. We had to hunt in and work out what booster it, it, jet was. 
Yes. Because yeah. it's the booster jet engine and it appears to be turbo. That's what mm-hmm. the boost is. Yes. Which made a lot of sense, but we just couldn't actually find it confirmed anyway. Yeah, that's what we suspected. <laughs> so we weren't being completely thick about this, by the way. No. Well, yeah. Not completely. <laughs> Not too much. Not <laughs> completely. Yeah. Nicely qualified. Anyway, fuel economy. Yeah, official combined MPG is 51.3, apparently. I managed 40. Still not bad. Which, uh, not as close as I hoped I'd get to the official figures. But still, considering it's a 1.4 and it was fully loaded all the time. Mm -hmm. And the roads I were on, they weren't... Do they sound an awful lot like a description of the roads in the southwest, Andrew? Yes. So right. not, not so much of cruising at motorway or A-road speeds as diving into hedges and stopping yeah. and starting and all that sort of thing. So it, it's not done bad, actually. No. It's not done bad. This gives out 128 grams per kilometre, which means mm-hmm. that the first year VED is 165, and then it's 140 after that. I'm glad every time we record one of these things, you sound like you know, you understand the way that the current vehicle excise duty is, you know, works and is calculated. Because to be honest, it's black magic to me. Uh, I know where there's a list, <clears throat> and that's as Great. close as it gets. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's still one up on me. Yes, anyway. I know right, the band. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so this is uh, as we said before the small SUV. It's and this one was automatic. Just yes, sorry, yes, this is an auto yeah. as well. Yeah, um, so it's one point four petrol engine mated with an auto box. Um, so as we said, it's uh, slightly larger than the Duke or the Captur, something like that, but has definite off-road capabilities if you need that. Well, I don't think it's as off-road capabilities as it used to be. Well, no, it's it's a bit more electronically well, I managed the, and I feel as opposed wheels... to a giant lever. I want it to go clunk. Yes, it doesn't do that now. There is a button. Oh, oh there is a button. So there is still a... Is there still a... Blah, blah, try again, Al. Is there still a low range, Andrew? No, it was a button to say, you see? do the thing. Do Engage the four-wheel driviness, but no low range. You see, that was the thing that the Vitara always had. No, it's not uh... as capable as... Or not as obviously capable as they have been in the past. Right. But I didn't take it. I mean, I went on a grassy field and that was it. I didn't try and mm-hmm. wade through feet of mud to go, mm, no, this isn't as good as it used to be. Well, no, I know. <laughs> and I, I always feel the tyres, the wheels are a little bit eh on this. Yeah, this this had the special glossy black painted ones that did not have special nice tyres on them. And they were, they were not... They weren't particularly... The glossy ones that were on this, I think, are nicer than some of the fussier-looking ones which are available on other models. So the S mm. thingy farm... No, it worked well with the body colour. Yeah. Because this was galactic grey and they were black. Normally, I am not a let's-have-coloured-wheels person. Mm-hmm. But like you said, I think it worked well with the overall look of it. Um, Despite being a bit small. Yeah. They were, they were a little bit, yeah. But this is a modern quite European design, I think. It's quite a, a clean, few lines used, that sort of thing. It's not... There are no slashes and swoops and it doesn't look like a German car. It doesn't have any unnecessary 
slashy bits in it. Is this what you're trying to say? Yes, that's what we, we can now say that instead of where whereas we used to say Japanese cars back five, ten years ago with this, now we have to say the Germans yeah. are the slashy, swoopy ones that are unnecessary and fussy. Yeah. No, this but this is quite <laughs> I'm gonna say blocky, which can also sound like a like I'm I'm being rude about it, but I'm not really. It is quite No, but it was in a neat way. It was in a neat way. But I think this is this is interesting because it brings up and I can't remember who's talked about this. Um but somebody we've we've talked to on Twitter, I'm sure, talked about how Suzuki's design, each of their models is a unique design. Oh right, I've missed they, this. They have created a, a design for what that model is to represent and the people it's to appeal to, mm-hmm. rather than go, here is Suzuki's overall look, and now we will either press plus or minus on the photocopier and hand that out. Well, to that's people. very true. You just need to look at the, you know, there are very few similarities really between the Ignis and the uh, Swift. Exactly. Whereas the Swift and the Baleno are maybe more similar, and the Ignis is more. Would you say the Ignis is probably more similar to the new Jimny than it is to the Vitara, almost. Ish. Ish. I mean, somewhere in between, I suppose. Yeah. So they've got they they have the confidence to say no. We apart from having the some of them having the Suzuki grill and the Suzuki badge, basically we are confident that each of these models stands up on their own and that will represent the brand, which is very rare these days. Yeah, it's something that they do far, far more in Japan. So Japanese brands do quite a lot of that in Japan. Mm. and But they normally kind of disguise it before it gets, it gets to us here in Europe. Yeah, but talking further on the the blocky-ish nature of the design, it means that the back was virtually vertical, which is, again... A rare thing, yeah. In yeah. SUVs, which means that the the inside they are maximising the space, even though it does slightly taper towards the back, as every car seems to these days. Well, it's because it looks dynamic, Andrew, and also aerodynamics have a lot to do with it. And you know that that uh, fuel economy figure that you find really important, and that you're upset when you don't get close to. Mm-hmm. Quite a lot of that actually comes from aerodynamics. Uh, Even on something like this, so you know, you you either get the fuel economy, or you get, or you get that 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 vert that virtually vertical visual. Mm-hmm. Although there's uh, also to help lift the design, so it's it's not just the his two or three blocks put together, and <laughs> as as Alan was desperately trying not to suggest it was, there are there are some touches, um, such as there's a rear spoiler. Aerodynamics, sporiness, hmm. uh, silver roof bars on this one. Not aerodynamics. And there was metallic red surrounds on the front lights, in oh. behind the lenses. That sounds quite nice, actually. Sorry, I, I quite like the idea. That. It actually looked all right because it was yeah. a sort of powder coated satin finish mm-hmm. on the outside lights, which I think were the full beam or the main beam. I can't remember which it was. Anyway. But it wasn't. It was. It wasn't like thrown in your face. It was just a hint of colour there that just mm-hmm. helped break it up, which I thought was a a nice touch because you know this this isn't a monstrously expensive vehicle. No. Um, so Not really. you know, things things have built been built to a a budget, but they've thrown in some clever touches to 
saying exactly hide that, but to lift it and make it more interesting, yeah. make it less hair shirty. Yeah, yeah. So uh, interior wise, obviously very easy to get in and out. The raised height makes it easy to sit in and out of, particularly if you're an adult. Is that why they're so popular with old people? Yes, exactly. That's why the T rocks are only bought by people over a certain age around my where I live. Hmm. Still haven't seen anyone under 50 driving one. <laughs> That's true, actually. <laughs> They've decided they're old and funky and have gone for basically a... a... Oh, no, I did see one. I've seen one which wasn't an ice cream van colour scheme. Really? Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. Sorry, anyway, different uh, car. Let's keep uh, back on topic. <laughs> the doors are quite light as well on this, so it was easy for all the, the screens to open and get in mm-hmm. themselves, not needing help. And there's plenty of plenty of room up front, and there's actually quite a decent amount in the back, considering this is sort of focus-sized, focused Astra-sized vehicle that's... It very much is CSUV, possibly the, as I heard someone, a, a proper established motoring journalist say, the dullest segment of the lot, CSUV. Yes. <laughs> there, was, there was a touch of, touch of luxury, because the seats were suede-covered. Alcantara, I believe, is what it's called. Normally. Well, normally. It, it's Alcantara is the proper stuff. Well, the spec sheet said suede, and I'll we, go with that. Okay, fair enough. They they called it that themselves, so right. that's why I'm describing it as such. Uh, which makes a nice change from <laughs> the usual... It was such a first-world problem. It makes a nice change from the usual leather, you know. But there were quite a few days that it was incredibly hot, so I, I didn't have to deal with third-degree hmm. scorched legness. Yeah, as a as a five year old, my father had a had a Mercedes with black MB techs in it, so I sympathise with this. Every, uh, yeah, I I I see the benefit. Thirty five years later, I I still <laughs> <laughs> I still wouldn't put children through that. Um, you can see the dots. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> Look, we can join them. <laughs> <laughs> The dash uh, is quite minimal with controls for the aircon heating and you know, things like the screen demisting. Ooh. Like all the stuff that you get on the dashboard, yeah. Yeah, but you know that there is this move to put them in a touchscreen and things like that. So I'm, I'm celebrating <sighs> the fact that manufacturers, not all manufacturers, have gone down this route. Oh uh, no, it's not. Not everyone's the EV maker beginning with T. No. So not every. I think. Nobody else has gone to that yes, they have. extremity of silliness. Oh, have yes, they? they have. Into the V. Anyway, so uh, but I I did have the luxury of a leather steering wheel, which... You really do feel that that is a luxury, don't you? <laughs> no, I'm just making a comment because all steering wheels are leather now. It seems to be that... I, I think... It, can you find steering wheels that aren't leather? Yeah, the Mercedes-Benz Citan that you had. And really basic, I had a really basic Astra rental, oh, which had yeah. a plastic steering wheel, yeah. which is such a shame because I really quite liked it otherwise. But yeah, yeah, hmm. it does happen. Yes, but you have to work hard to find them. You do. Okay. And they'll never be in a press car. Well, no, I know there's that. That's sort of part of my comment as well. Cause yeah. Uh, <laughs> but this, this had lots of buttons on it. Many, many of the buttons. Things like the uh, adaptive cruise control, speed limiter, uh, hands-free calling was another section on the bottom, sort of between six and eight o'clock on the steering wheel, 
that was another section on there. So you had at uh, quarter to three, you had the stereo, stereo, and all that, and then at three you had the cruise control, and then between six and eight you had the phone stuff. So there's quite a lot going on on that steering wheel if hmm. you if you wanted, and you could use it for going round corners. Well, that, that was occasionally of the purpose that which I I put it through. Yes, hmm. as you said, as I said before, this this is clearly built to a bit of a budget. This car. So the materials inside reflected that in places. However, this could have been a very dour, dark interior. But there's there was a on the one I had had a, a large strip of silver plastic, but silver that went from the center console across the the passengers part of mm-hmm. the dashboard, which just helped lifted it a bit. Right and. You're not touching it, so it doesn't matter that it was plastic, because it mm. it looked close enough to metal, if you see yes. what I mean. So it just helped lift that, and there was little touches like the air vents had the the same red surround that the headlights did. All right, uh, and there was a no, prepare yourselves, an actual analog clock. I love an analog clock. Right in the middle of the dash, in between, there was three three circles, two air vents, and the clock in the middle is the is the third one, all the same size and all that sort of I bet stuff. Bet it wasn't it as just... nice as the LC five hundred analog clock. It was well, a no, it didn't do clock. fancy things. This was, no, this was just... But it was it was nice to see an analog clock. <laughs> it was just an old man but yeah no i get it completely no i get it completely i'm the same I like, again no but again these little these these little touches that not necessarily mask but don't revel the fact that it's built to a budget you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's a simple little touch that lifts it's not a, a glowing set seven segment seven segment led display you know, yeah yeah exactly hmm. so this had a, a infotainment seven inch infotainment touchscreen the top of the center console just below the air vent this operated sat-nav, phone, audio, or you know media, the phone calling and the radio, which was DAB as well. And there's no Apple CarPlay, so this was all Suzuki's own stuff. Right. And how well did it generally work, other than... Most of the time it was fine. Occasionally it got a bit hung up, very occasionally. Mm-hmm. I think it was like twice in the week. It did it. Oh, that's... Uh, yeah, okay. That's not so bad. I just unplugged it, plugged it back in, and it was fine. So. Okay, and it is built into the dash. It's not a sort of... No, no, it's not a, a sort of tablet the thing. iPad stuck to dash. Right. It, is, it is all built in. It is all, it all specific. And it was clear and easy to read, no matter what the weather conditions were as well. So that was, uh, that was handy. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the back, there's two full seats, and the center seat was actually quite a good size. I was expecting it to be quite narrow because this isn't a massive vehicle, uh-huh. but it was it was actually a decent size. So the three screens were quite comfortable in the back, and uh, they could sort themselves because there was enough room. They could sort themselves out seatbelt wise, rather than you know people having to lean out of doors so that others mm-hmm. could find the <laughs> the clip and things yeah. like that. <laughs> I'm curious, what did Mrs. Windscreen think of the size? Because I know that she can be quite hard to please on these things sometimes she liked when we were driving around in it she liked the fact that it wasn't too big Uh aha this is why i'm asking sorry i'm just and she liked the the 
the ride height because it's not massively tall, mm -hmm. but you are raised above normal cars. Mm -hmm. So you get you do get that that slightly raised feeling, but you're not perched up. You know, it's it, it's not say the, the Citroen Space Tourer that we've we've reviewed. It's not that sort of height. Mm -hmm. But you do get to see more of the road, and you know you get a decent visibility because the 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 glass in this wasn't too bad. There was quite a lot of glass in this. Yeah. Okay. I was just curious because it's it is a fair point because all members of the crack windscreen horde are consulted in <laughs> these reviews, <laughs> apart from you. Yeah. <laughs> apart from you, yeah. some of their feelings are occasionally repeated, <laughs> yeah. depending on whether they can be. <laughs> yes, <laughs> there is that. Yeah. There's lots of little storagey bits. So there's like there's two cup holders up front uh, in the in the, the central arm rest area. Mm -hmm. They were rounded squares though, which I never feel overly confident about. But they they held the mug uh, held coffee cups no problem at all. You know th there was no spillages. Rounded squares. Yes. Are they were they squircles? Yes. <laughs> and there's bottle holders in the doors for the That's rear That's a passengers. genuine term. I haven't just made that up. I know. I know yeah. it is. Yeah, it's okay. There's bottle holders in the doors for the rear passengers, and there is a rear seat pocket only on the passenger seat. <laughs> Nothing on the driver's Nothing seat. Nothing says skimpiness why? like. Why, why would you not have it on the driver's seat? That's quite side? bad. <laughs> and there's also, instead of a covered cubby box, in between the front seats, it's just an open sort of bin thing that mm. the rear passengers could reach forward and chuck stuff in, stuff in, which was mm -hmm. always a delight, as you can imagine. Mm. But it, but all the surfaces were very wipeable, so that was good. <laughs> oh, result! Yeah, the boots actually not a bad size and shape. Uh, particularly, the shape is pretty good for a car of this of these dimensions. With the seats up, we get three hundred and seventy-five liters. Um, with them down, and it was a very easy to use release. Actually, just one one finger could manipulate quite easily. <laughs> one arthritic old finger could move. Yes, <laughs> and that expanded up to seven hundred and ten so liters, which yeah. which isn't bad. No, that's loads. And there were curry huts in the back, and also not they weren't brilliant, but they were there. Uh, and there's also tie down hooks as well, but. In the copyrighted inflatable watermelon test, unfortunately, we have a fail. Dum dum dum. Only just, but the door could not be shut. Really? No. Did you not leave a, let a little bit of air at the watermelon? Just well, to... yes. If it was completely flat, then of course it would work. But no, that's not the point. Dumb that is question. Not the point. Dumb has... question. Yeah. Which way does the door open? Does it On go the... up the way? Yeah. Okay, so it doesn't go. Yeah, because Vitara and. Ye olden days, it went to the side. Yes, so it did. No, no, this is top hatchback, top 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 hinged hatch style yep. setup. Yeah. Yep. So driving this was actually a bit more pleasurable than I was anticipating. Right. What does that? I mean, that's damning with faint the damning with faint praise. There. Well, no, you said it before. The CSUV sector, mm -hmm. not known for. It's being exciting. Yes, being polite. But actually, with the lightness, this this car felt really light. 
mm-hmm. uh, and I think that was aided by the how light it, and easy it was to open doors and things like that. But the engine felt so peppy, so eager. It it's going to sound very. But dead. that's what everybody says about all the booster jets. Because I mean, I've driven the the Swift Sport briefly hmm. uh, and stuff, and that's what everyone says is. Uh, and even when people have non booster jet Swifts or or, or you know non non sport swifts uh, and or they have ignises and stuff then they always say they always say that that's the thing about the uh, the engines at the moment are that they they are these are zingy little motors yeah it it's going to sound a bit daft but it reminded me of a little puppy oh that's something it, it was just it was just eager it, it, you know if i put my foot down it would it would pull away from junctions really quite rapidly mhm uh, but it just kept going, oh, yeah, okay, you want to go over there? Okay, we'll go over there. Let's go over there. You know, don't, you've thrown the stick over there. Right, okay, okay, I'll go over there to the stick and I'll get the stick. It just felt like that the entire time when I was driving. It was it was really pleasurable. Considering, you know, this isn't a sports car or, you know, I wasn't trying to do ridiculous so, times between, you know, in rally times in the southwest lanes or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I was driving along normally. And occasionally I was in there on my own without the family, so... I could push on a bit more without fear of grumbling from passengers mm-hmm. and things like that. It just it just felt really eager and peppy and just I, I got out of it going, Oh, that was that was all right. Yeah. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah, it was, it was that was okay. It was always like, Yeah, well I just I just got here, didn't I? You know, whereas you just normally get out and you don't think about it. it there was no that I was yeah, that was all right. So if you have particular cars, Alan. Not yeah, okay, your, not your particular car. <laughs> sorry, I <laughs> didn't really know what you meant for a moment there. <laughs> the steering was is very light as well, which I think helped with the whole keenness that mm-hmm. I got from the car. Yeah. So motorway speeds, there was a bit of noise intrusion, but I mean, it's quite a blocky shape. The wind's going to hit it. There is only so much that can happen, but it mm-hmm. wasn't monstrously intrusive or anything like that and the tires and the road there was a bit from there but again depending on the road surface when you were on really nice modern road surfaces it was it was very quiet and refined ah so when you're outside the uk yes (laughs) the ride was actually pretty good as well it handled most of the bumps fine but there was a couple of times when i would go over certain undulations and it would just there'd just be a little shimmy I was going, oh, okay. And mm-hmm. uh, I just had to be aware of that. And, you know, it didn't throw you massively off, but it's just because the rest of the ride was so compliant, I noticed it. Right. It was the exception rather than... Yes, exactly. That's it, exactly. The auto did a pretty good job, actually. I, I never felt that I caught it out, if you see mm-hmm. what I mean. I, I, never, I never did... Something that it went. Oh, I, I what? Pardon? And oh, oh, hang on, give us a minute. And nothing like that. It was, it was pretty good. And and you know, with the economy figures mm-hmm. as well. I mean, if you t- you took it, I would think you would get very close to the uh, proper official combined MPG if if you were going around on normal A roads or roads yeah. where you're doing decent amount of dual carriageway. Do they have flappy paddles? Did it have flappy? But I am trying to remember. Yes, it did. It did. It did. And, okay. And I used them a couple of times. Mm-hmm. But the, like I say, the the gearbox 
just worked how I wanted it to. So yeah, so there's no I, need. I really. didn't really feel the need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the usual thing with the auto boxes these days is that they're becoming so good they're better at knowing what gear to be in than the driver. Maybe that says a lot about my drive, my driving. But you know. no, but for a lot of cars, and definitely for the majority of journeys we all do, it, you don't need a manual. No, no, I, I, I agree. I'm... Just why, why bother with that extra bit of hassle? But anyway, I know we're talking sacrilege to some there, but anyway. yes, we'll get lynched in a moment. <laughs> Moving on to the tech, though, apart from the infotainment system. It's not really much in there. Okay, there's connectors and stuff like that, but it's not It's not a vehicle that is festooned in toys. And But it's got what it needs it to... It's got what it needed to do. As in, you can play what's on your phone. You can call someone without having to touch your phone. It will take you to where you want to go, and it will play radio as well. Perfect. It's all I need. Yep. So we talked about this before, though, but um, driver-wise, there's the all-grip four-wheel drive system. There's brake assist, hill hold, and hill descent control if you need that. But I never tried it. So that may, whereas it doesn't have the low range now, you can press a button and it does that sort of stuff for you. That'll be why it pulls away from junction so sharply. You know that, because I bet your first gear is really low to try and make up for the lack of low low range. Because I never did it with the flappy paddles, actually. No. I bet if I did it with the flappy paddles, it would be change almost immediately to get. <laughs> yeah, probably would. I'm trying now to find out how many ge- how many gears there are in the gearbox. Hmm. Anyway, sorry, I'll stop interrupting. Let you keep going. Engine start system, stop start system. Sorry, which obviously helps with your MPGs. Rear camera, which was pretty good, and front and rear parking sensors, which did a pretty good job there. They sensed the parkings. Yes, they bleeped when they needed to, and they didn't when they didn't. <laughs> To be honest, that's better than some systems manage, isn't it? No, yeah, there's been a couple of cars recently that have bleeped when I've been in park. Oh, go, that's always good. Can you can you please stop now? Yeah, but randomly, not yeah. constantly, just randomly. <laughs> in the end, you go, well, I'm just switching it all off now. We're going to sit here with everything off. It's a really good approach to take when it's not your car. Yeah. <laughs> or something. And you got as far as a grassy a grassy field in a heat wave. Yes. So no moisture. So sorry, I can't give you more off-roading than that. I'm afraid. Just not good enough, is it? Well, I mean, I was in the southwest. I mean, that's a lot of off-roading. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's like a flipping crossing Africa to try and get there, isn't it? Well, there was the reverse works very well. Yeah, <laughs> I know that after being down there. No, I'm not waiting for them. I'm just going to do it myself. Yes, why are you doing why are you reversing again? Because I can and I can clearly see they can't. So, all in all though, you seem to have really quite liked this. Yeah, you sound like you weren't really convinced to start with. But it was nippier than you thought it was going to be. It was pretty economical. There was more space than you were expecting, despite failing the watermelon test. Yeah. And it's got a reasonable amount of stuff that you need. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you for summing it up for me. It's easy. That's what I'm here for. Well, I'm glad that message came across. But no, that pretty much sums it up, though, doesn't it? Absolutely. You know, no, no, yeah. I'm being facetious. There. Yeah, no, that is exactly it. Yeah. And, and it's one of these ones, and it seems to be one of these cars that we overlook so often uh, um, in favour of things maybe from, from funkier brands. 
uh, and they uh, or more mainstream often, brands. More mainstream brands. I think that's a better term than I've just used. But I but I think this is. I think it's got a. I think it's got a. I think it looks good. Mm-hmm. It goes initially. I found surprisingly well, but I think it, it it goes really well. It's economical. It's not that costly running costs, as in VED and all that sort of stuff. So your insurance. I can't imagine the insurance is mega expensive on this no well it's it's not bought by many boy racers really are no they? and suzuki's work yeah yeah, yeah. so you know yeah I, I i say that we once had an sj <laughs> it had a roof leak yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was some time ago and should not necessarily be not representative of the current brand no its not, at all. <laughs> not at all great so a good one a tick thumbs up yeah. Well, that pretty much rounds this up. So don't forget that between now and next time, you can give us any feedback, share your thoughts to the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook, and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Please don't forget to leave a review and rating on the podcast playing platform of your choice. It really, really does matter. Don't also forget about uh, our Patreon offer available at motoringpodcast.com and click the orange become a patron button on our homepage. In the meantime, Andrew, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Best way to get in touch with me is via Twitter. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you will find me there. And Alan, if people would like to get in touch with you personally, what's the best way for them to do that? The best way to get in touch with me is Twitter again, where I'm at AJP Bradley, B-R-A-D-L-E-Y. We'll be back next week. But until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe motoring. God, that sounded really chirpy at the end.